Do you remember anything prior to the accident? Maybe even the accident. Ideally, a routine traffic accident is now a murder investigation. Miss Davis, I'm Detective Dan Putman, and we're with the Crimes Against Persons Division. It feels so weird to be outside again. It's been five months. You okay? Everything just like turned upside down for a second. Ever since I got out of the hospital, really weird things have been happening. I don't know if somebody's trying to mess with me, hurt me, or if it's just all in my head. That's a pretty big place to be staying alone. I got an email from a travel company I've never heard of before. Places to visit before you die. This family was in every single spot. It was a husband, a wife, and one of the kids was wearing yellow shoes and the other had a stuffed monkey. Have you seen or read anything about your accident? Something strange caught my eyes, so I pulled the AI folder. That's creepy. Do any of these look familiar? I'm freaking out. I'm hallucinating because of these meds. April, wake up! Do you have to be careful mixing wine and pills like that? Well, I've haven't slept in two days, and I'm just feeling very vulnerable and confused right now. Because what if there's a logical explanation for all of this? Get out of your house. Something's wrong. You're not making any sense. All right, you're starting to freak me out. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to The Dev Show. I'm here today with Brooke Ann Smith and Adam Boudron. Adam, can you hear us? Now I can hear you. Okay, hey, we lost you. No, I'm back. Good. All right. Right on, okay, sweet. So thank you for joining me on The Dev Show. It's awesome to have you here. And uh, it's both first time for both of you. We're gonna talk a little bit about your film Night Night, but for anybody who is watching at home, Brooke, you're from Too Close to Home, Aquarius, Awkward, Max Keeble's Big Movie, and Adam, you're from The Blacklist, recently Wild Indian, and the upcoming movie Cerdo, or is it Curdo? How do you pronounce that one? It's Cerdo. Cerdo. Cerdo, which means pig in Spanish. Okay, okay. And that's coming up in 2022. But why we're here today is because you're both in the new film by Nikki Koss, night night so i just wanted to ask you guys first of all how was the premiere adam gets to go first <laughs> um it was a blast I, it was a uh, a lot has changed since we shot the movie um about two years ago so we had a chance to all come back together and um you know celebrate an occasion that you know a lot of people um you know i don't take anything for granted so being able to come back and experience it together was really special kind of like a family reunion right on yeah i agree with that and it was really fun um to be in st louis missouri because i producer ryan delaney um he's from there and his family was very helpful uh with the making of night night from all ends from his sister helping with makeup to his mom helping with production so it's kind of a, a family affair so it was really wonderful to meet all of them and to get reunited with everyone and just celebrate all the hard work um that went into this movie uh, yeah, like Adam said, it, we shot it at uh, early 2020 in like January. So wow. um, yeah, so we're, we were ready for it to get out there and celebrate. This movie just happens to be at a time where you have to take a almost two year hiatus against your will. When you guys seen the movie, was it interesting taking a, like watching it for the first time after that long gap of nothingness 
Well, I know for Brenna, who plays April Davis, the star of the film, um, she was like, I was 19 when I made this movie and I'm 21 now, you know? So I know for her, like looking back, it's, it's more, you know, like a, a kind of a big deal for her because, you know, 1921 is like a lot, it's a lot changes for you. Um, but for me, it's just, it feels like things sometimes take a long time and I don't change that much. Like my look pretty much stays the same. So I'm like, yeah, yeah two years, five years, who knows? Yeah. And Adam, I think your microphone's cut off. Oh, there. I back. muted, you know. Uh, oh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a... Um, you know, a lot's changed, and um, some people had different experiences. And for me, I was pretty nonstop in New York City, working at um, running the busiest restaurant in the city uh, for post-pandemic. So I was going six days a week, so I didn't know any different. So that became my new uh, performance. You know, essentially, it was mm-hmm. like I was running a theater company there, doing bingo every Tuesday night, and all this other stuff sucks. <laughs> Like when Wild Indian premiered, it premiered at a virtual festival. Sundance, for the first time ever, was a virtual festival. Yeah. And so I didn't even watch the movie. I was working, you know, the day of the premiere of Sundance, which is usually like a big deal for quite a lot of people. Yeah. So for me, yeah. So I was, you know, at the restaurant running, running the show. Um, so when I had a chance to kind of get back to, um, you know, obviously we were preparing for this premiere and, um, it kind of reminded us that we had this community that we are all part of and um and we we root for each other and support each other so it was good to kind of get back into it and um remember this is what we do you know we make movies and- for sure and i i actually just finished watching the movie like three minutes before we hopped on the call <laughs> and i have to say that i really did enjoy it and i thought that you know for the genre that it is, I mean, I, I see a lot of the other interviewers saying that it's very genre bending. It's very unique in a sense that you walk into this movie thinking that you are watching a completely different movie than you end up watching. Um, and I just wanted to hear from from your point of view, from from the audience point of view, what your thoughts were on the film. Well, for me, uh, I have to say that I love how stylized the film was. I've said that in a lot of press interviews um, because I really mean it. I love mm-hmm. how Nick Cross took the use of color. Um, you know, the little girl, without giving too much away, yeah, there's yellow shoes in it. And, you know, April Davis will have flashbacks of yellow. And then you'll notice, like, there's a bowl of lemons when she's having some issues. And, and the use of blue and red. Um, so I really love the use of color, how it actually, it means something when you're watching the film, if you pay attention and also just the vintage vibe of it. I loved, um, with the costumes and the set, um, how they took kind of a, a vintage vibe, which was really fun because it does take place in present day, but it, it feels yeah. very sad. Yeah. I, I, I noticed that the one scene where she's in her bed and, and everything's blue mm-hmm. and different shades of blue, but everything, the colors contrast and complement each other and I also noticed a couple shots that reminded me of a Wes Anderson film where the, where they're going the POV of cupping, pouring the coffee the the point of view shots I thought really reflected a like a Wes Anderson movie and and I was like oh I like that that's really cool uh, mm-hmm. what about you Adam yeah Nikki is a really sharp eye for um, for what she wanted you know so that, I think that anytime you work with somebody who knows kind of visually what they want 
um, it makes it easier because everyone's just executing around. And mm-hmm. I know, you know, I was a fan of Nikki's from before. I had a chance to work with her and um, I had watched her shorts. And when I got a chance to be on set before I started, you know, I noticed right away um, how strong the visual uh, representation is, like the colors and everything. And, um, and I knew it was going to add a lot to the film. Um, obviously, the story has its twists and turns, but visually, it's really, uh, um, it's really stunning to watch. So that gives it just another element. And that comes from the uh, production design team and from Nikki's vision. So it was cool uh, addition to it. Yeah. So you Adam, mentioned. I have a question for you. I have a question for Adam. Is it okay if I ask? Yeah. <laughs> Adam, sure. so I want to ask you in that very first opening scene, did you, was, was that some improv going on or was that all just script written? Oh, no, the whole thing was improv. The whole thing was improv. Yeah, I mean, there was some stuff, there was some stuff in the, um, that was written, but I mean, a lot of the banter back and forth was improv. And I mean, Brenna even fell out of her chair on one scene. So. <laughs> Yeah, I was wondering because I didn't remember some of the dialogue, but you guys did such a great job with the improv that I couldn't tell. Because sometimes if people aren't good at improv, you can tell because they kind of get repetitive and redundant and kind of copy each other and stuff like that. But I couldn't tell. I was like, is this improvised or was this written? Because I couldn't remember. It's been so long since I read the script. Yeah, um, yeah. But I loved the opening scene and I love the banter you guys had going back and forth. It was really great. Oh, yeah. No, we kept going back and forth for for yeah. hours. I want to see all the deleted yeah, We had fun. I mean, Brendan's so great, you know, like she's um she's just so open and her, her presence is so um, you know, it's like it's so easy to work with her. And all I had to do is be her best friend. So mm-hmm. it's just on. It's a simple, simple um situation. Do you find that you have a little more freedom when you're working on a set of a more independent film than something that's part of a bit, like a bigger set bigger film with improvisation and stuff like that for sure i mean like when, when i was on the blacklist um they're shooting a full episode in like eight days they shoot two cameras at once um which is more common these days i'm seeing on indie films um i'm sure brooke would be able to um comment on that also but i think more common these days i'm seeing two cameras because either the budget's um scheduling you know it's probably easier for to do it in compressed amount of days but um you have to be very prepared in that kind of environment on the blacklist they're they're moving fast very fast um and you don't really have time to improvise around it i had some arabic in my scenes for the blacklist and i speak arabic so the arabic dialect coach on set came up to me and was like oh wait you, you go say whatever you want. You, you, I'm not worried about you. But some of the other people who maybe speak Farsi, Arabic's not their language, and they're trying to like speak the Arabic for the for the scene. He's like, I gotta go work with him. This is pronunciation shit, you know? Like we gotta help him out. Um, and it's just a matter of, you know, the, and that I had it some freedom. But other than that, no, I mean, you gotta stick to it because there's no room for error and um, they're really spending so much money and there's no time. Um, so you just got to really be um, very precise. But on yeah. something like this, when you're working with a director that gives you freedom, um, you know, Nikki just wants to make the best uh, movie possible with the best um, uh, 
you know, ingredients and sometimes giving some freedom to, uh, to play, you find some magic that, you know, might not be on the page. Uh, And that's the most fun is to collaborate with somebody in that way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Adam, if you think eight days is fast, don't work for Tyler Perry because we filmed eight episodes in five days. Our we were eight episodes in five days. I kid you not. We shot 80 pages a day. I kid you not. Crazy. Um, That's like novella status. Yeah, yeah. But um, just to kind of piggyback off what Adam said, I think it also just depends on what you're working on, right? Like with television, like the blacklist, um, you know, they have a, a tighter kind of idea of what they want and they can get offended if you're changing the lines. Like an awkward, I couldn't change anything. Right. Um, and I'm an actor who likes my lines. I really like my lines. So that was kind of a challenge actually for me for Night Night. It's not that I can't improvise, um, I'll, I want, but I like to have my scene written and then I can... Mm-hmm you know, add things at the end or in the middle or whatever. But um, with with Night Night, a lot of my stuff was improvised and uh, my character is a mom. So, uh, and I am not personally a mother. So I have really had to talk to some moms and uh, specifically the, the, the uh, children in Night Night. I talked to their mom, Amber. And I was like, so how would you, what, what are the kinds of things you would say to your children when you yourself are at your wit's end? Because um, I wanted to be really careful of like, saying cussing where you know cussing words because you're yeah. and like all of that stuff so you have to be respectful um of those boundaries but yeah i mean i think it's really fun when you can improvise and you have that freedom and then also when when uh when lines are specific and it's like they don't want any change in them there's also a comfort there i think too where it kind of takes the pressure off like okay i know my lines i know my character this is i'm showing up and doing my job and then i don't have to you know yeah be too <laughs> in my head about and so I wanted to definitely touch on with both of you if I could hear your stories um, about how you got involved with this project in particular and uh, I know you Adam you mentioned you were a fan of Nikki's prior to this so how did you guys get involved you can decide who goes first (laughs) Brooke I'll let you start us off okay um so for me we have a mutual friend, Jamie Gallagher, who's a casting director who I'd worked with previously. And um, just one night she was like, oh, hey, let's go grab a drink at a hotel and, and I want you to meet my friend Nikki. And so I met Nikki and um, I had a project I was working on before. And then um, we just became friends. And then a couple months later, she was filming Night Night and I was in Colorado before filming started and she sent me the script and she explained my role and she said, you know, we need a a strong emotional actor, someone who can make this believable. I really thought of you and I would love for you to do the the role. And I took a look at the script. I fell in love with it. um, And I was like, yeah, of course, who doesn't want to, you know, work with a female director who's also an actor herself. Mm that dialogue where they can really understand you um and speak your language so i was i was i was on board i was ready to hit 2020 working and get getting it done adam yeah um basically it was like new year's eve i got an email um with you know uh asking me to be a part of it Mm -hmm. um with the character will and i looked at it real fast and it was New Year's Eve, I think, and they wanted an answer in like two days. And I'm like, I'm not even going to be able to run this by my team. Uh, so the answer is yes. I'll see you soon. You know? <laughs> right uh, um, yeah, it was cool. I, I looked at it. It didn't seem like it was um, very demanding time-wise. 
Mm-hmm. So for me, it was an exciting way to start the year off and uh, work with a new group of people. So I was super excited. Yeah, I'm sure the script was probably pretty inviting as well, because, I mean, at a certain point in the movie, I was just going, you know, I don't know who anybody really is. It got to a, like a point where the twists and turns were kind of they impressed me. It impressed me. I also wanted to mention that uh, the support system that there is within the independent filmmakers, even even here in in Canada, Southern Ontario, Toronto, uh, we have a great support system of of actors and up and coming actors. And I'm sure that you guys are all super excited to just continue working and, and working on any projects you can. So what are you excited about going forward? Is there any upcoming projects you have you'd like to talk about? Um, yeah, I, I actually had a pretty busy year in 2020, which was shocking because of the pandemic. I didn't think I'd work at all. Um, so I have a Western coming out called Corsicana uh, with Isaiah Washington. Um, he plays Bass Reeves, uh, which is a real person. You look him up if you don't know who he is. He's amazing. Uh, and then I have a film called Wake Up, which is really close to my heart. That's coming out I think, in January. It's an independent film and it's about sex trafficking, a little bit of a, a darker subject, but it was done really, really well. Um, and then I have something exciting uh, coming that I've never done before, which is um, Sam Barlow, who did Silent Hill. He makes video games. Um, I did a video game, but he films it like a movie. So we actually shot a film and it's going to be in the video game. And then I think they're releasing the, the film in addition. So it'll be like kind of two things. So I'm really interested to see That's how really that cool. kind of work. And um, yeah, and that was that was really fun because I got to play two characters and that was so that'll be out, I don't know, probably next year sometime. Right on. That's awesome. And Adam? Someone's trying to steal my car. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, no, I have, uh, I did this um, sci-fi thriller about a AI called Project Dorothy mm. that is kind of um, low-key, ready to go. Um, so they'll release that at some point uh, next year. Santa, though, is a really exciting one. Obviously, we finished filming that. I still have to go back to film the opening and do the voiceover because I'll be the narrator of the film. And that entire movie is in Spanish, except for right my character. Um, I'm the uh, único gringo in la película. Uh, so the only Spanish-speaking, uh, uh, Spanglish-speaking character. Um, but that movie is going to be a blast. The director, um, we call him Tarantino Latino. Okay. Juan Carlos Davoin, he uh, won an Emmy for his film Daddy. Um, which is about child molestation, also a very uh, intense, uh, three and a, it's like a three and a half minute short film. Mm. Um, and he won a Best Director Emmy because uh, it's pretty powerful. Wow. I saw that, I saw that and I was just like, well, um, and then he did another one on abortion um, last year. So I mean, really, uh, you know, controversial, important yeah. topics to talk about. And then I have a few other projects, but I won't run into those because it's still early. Adam, question. Yeah. How many languages do you speak? Do you speak Spanish and Arabic? And like what? How did I not know this? Yeah, yeah. Spanish, Arabic. Um, 
I'm a terrible speller in English, but I guess we'll come back to it. <laughs> yeah, your English is questionable, but... <laughs> I know, I know. Is, it, is English your first language? Which is your first? Yeah, I learned... Um, I, I grew up my first five years in Saudi Arabia. And so the schools were taught in French and English, actually. Um, I don't remember any of the French, which is a bit problematic um, for other oh, reasons. No. But, um, you know, just very, uh, very mild things I can say. Um, but, yeah, I learned um, Arabic. My grandmothers at home only spoke Arabic. And um, they were very, you know, they were, they were, they were my storytellers, you know. So they, mm-hmm. they used to tell me stories and in Arabic and probably the best storyteller I ever met was my grandma. Aww. And yeah, it really kind of inspired a lot of my imagination as a kid. Uh, and then Spanish I learned because my mom's brother lives in Madrid and I found it important, especially with the demographics changing in the country. I thought it was very useful. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I just dove in and I need full immersion so i was like all right uses that as an excuse to go to spain and just live there for a few months every couple of years um so yeah i mean those are some of the best experiences i ever had completely undocumented you know which is the best yeah for sure so i I mean thank you guys for for joining me thank you so much for having us all right cool